Good morning, Waypoint. My name is Luis Osorio. We are so glad that you have tuned in here this morning. Now, today we are in for a unique experience. We get to participate in Passover together. Now, before we do that, you're probably wondering, where are we? This does not look like Waypoint. Well, guess what? Even bigger treat, we get to take Passover at Blair's house, which is gonna be awesome. Now, next week, we gotta make sure that you tune in because we're starting a brand new series, Pandemic. We're gonna take a look at what it looks like finding hope when fear is contagious. Now, let's go see if Blair's home. You guys ready? Let's go check it out. Welcome Waypoint. I'm glad you're here this morning. We've got a special morning plan for you. We have done this over the years at Waypoint, the last two years. We we're planning to do it again this year as a tradition thing that we've done. And we realized, man, maybe we could do this in our home. We're planning to do a Passover meal with you. And if you've prepared for this, if you kind of saw some stuff on social media and you've already ready, you purchased some stuff, then that's great. If not, there are some things that you, um, I can show you. We've got a plan this morning. I want you to understand we're not we're not Jewish. We haven't been practicing this our whole lives, so we have notes that we have to follow. There's a plan that we've got, and you're going to be able to follow along at home with us and that sort of thing. If you're doing this as a family, this is a great activity that you can do together. If you're by yourself and you're watching, just, just act like you're at the table with us. Participate with us with what we're doing, and I think it'll be an engaging time for you. Now, uh, because we're videoing this, we're going to have some opportunities for you to pause and there'll be some times where we either have conversations with each other and you could do the same with your family. You can just stop it and pause. One of those might be right now when you have to figure out what needs to be on the table if you don't already have that. So let's, let's do a real quick thing and there are substitutes, okay? That's what we're planning anyway. So if you come on here at the table, there's a main plate that's made up of five things. There's a, you probably don't have a brown egg, but you can find an egg and get it hard boiled. That'd be great. Something that works as a bone, it's a shank bone. We don't have that either, but we have something that looks like a bone. Uh, there's a mixture that normally is made um, with a lot of different ingredients. We just chopped up apples. Maybe you can chop up some apples and have something that's a little sweeter that's there. Something that's uh, sour or bitter. Uh, you could use onions. This is horseradish, and all of that could be on there. And then uh, parsley. We have some parsley. You could use lettuce. You could use celery. You can find something green, but put it on that plate. You're going to need a bowl of salt water here. You need a couple candles with some matches and some Q-tips. So if you can go find all of that, we've also got some uh, stuff to wipe your hands with. That'll come up in, in this as well, as well as... We, we don't have matzah. Matzah is a thing that we normally have for this meal. We could go out and purchase it special, but we couldn't find it where we were looking. And so we're simply using some tortilla shells. You can do that. You can use all kinds of substitutes. The, the point is uh, we want you to participate with this. And so having the right thing isn't as important as the right image. And so if you can go and gather that stuff right now, that would be great. And then when you get it, you can come back and turn this on. I hope you gathered all that stuff. I already forgot the juice, but hopefully you saw that sitting in the pitcher. 
There's four cups of juice. You have an empty glass. You're going to pour these into the glasses of everybody. So you need, might need to get that as well. I know it's disappointing to be apart during this time, but there's a chance for us to be apart and together. And so we're going to do this kind of as a family style. We've got people here who are joining in and I want to introduce you to them or maybe let them introduce you themselves. They're just going to say hi to you and then we're going to get started. But this is who we've got doing this and I hope you'll just join us this morning as we go. First, first and last name. Why not? <laughs> All right, uh, I'm Luis Osorio. I'm Sarah Tanner. Zion Carlstrom. Tracy Carlstrom. Yes, Tracy will be helping me with this. And uh, the question you may be asking is, why? Why are we spending so much time uh, doing this? And I think uh, the reason, the purpose behind it, is embedded in some history. And so let's get some background on the whole Passover meal in the first place. Uh, this is a 3,500-year-old tradition that's been going on for a really long time. You may be wondering why we're doing this. I think the answers to that are found in the history. And so I want to just take you back a little bit. 3,500 years ago, this started. It started when Moses walked into Pharaoh and said, I want you to set God's people free. I want you to set Israel free. And uh, Pharaoh resisted this. And so God started a series of plagues. And the first three plagues everybody experienced everybody experienced them except when it came time for the fourth plague god said something different and this was really unique i want to read it to you this is in exodus 8:22 but on that day i will deal differently with the land of goshen where my people live no swarms of flies will be there so that you will know that i the lord am in this land up to this point the children of Israel had experienced all the plagues, but after the flies in the next five, they would not. Nothing would happen to them. It would all happen to the Egyptians. And then we get to the tenth plague. It's the worst. The oldest son of every family will die, including Israelites, including animals. Why? Because we know God is capable of withholding those kind of plagues from his people, but he allows this one to go forward. Why does he do that? It's because I'm, I'm convinced there's a couple reasons. One, uh, it's very clear that when we introduce sin into the world, we brought death. And this is something that all of us will face at some point. We're going, we're going to face death. And that was a problem that Israel was going to face. And so God wanted that picture of how he was going to deal with them as they dealt with death. And I think there was another important factor too. I think God was about creating pictures and images for his people to consider. And so he created an image. See, here's the thing. Um, I know we're not Jewish, but the reason this is so important for us is that you're going to find embedded in this story, Jesus. You're going to find the story of Jesus everywhere. And so when they go to these guys and they say, listen, I want you to kill a lamb. I want you to take its blood. I want you to put it on your doorpost. These are all things that we would recognize from our story. Jesus was a lamb. His blood was shed. It was put on a cross. All of these things are happening, and, and the story of Jesus is meant to be seen here. And so as followers of his, um, this idea of being able to do Passover allows us to remember. It allows us to remember, which is exactly what was happening with the Israelites too. They went through all of this, and at the end of it, I want you to read what God said. He says, this is in verse 14 of Exodus chapter 12. This is a day 
that you are to commemorate for the generations to come shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. This is, a, this is something that they were supposed to remember. And why? Because God was going to use that memory and all the pictures that he developed to allow this to be something that spoke to them, that gave them images and pictures that they would be able to reason through and think about. And that is the same for us. Now, I know this modern Passover meal that we have is very different than what they did back in Moses' time. A lot of things have changed over history. We know when some of those did. We know when some of them were not really sure when they happened. But it's still, there's a lot of pictures here that allow us to remember what exactly is going on for us. And I, I just want to tell you, this is a kind of a big deal for us because we live in a very difficult times. We live apart from each other. We're separated. Um, there's a threat of uh, feeling isolated uh, by yourself. Uh, there's a threat of being overwhelmed by a sense of fear. Uh, there's um, concern for our safety and well-being. And I want you to know that long ago, Jesus was deeply concerned about our well-being. Because that, that sense that you feel threatened with your life right now, that could be true about your spiritual state. But God knew that we were dead spiritually, and He did something about it. And Passover commemorates that He did something that would give us life. That if we would trust Him, if we would follow Him, if we would be connected with Him, that we would have this freedom from slavery, freedom from sin that's pictured here. And so this is kind of a big deal. And that's why I think we um, doing this makes a ton of sense. Because we're going to remember that we were once slaves, but we are no longer. And we once were concerned about death. But that does not hold a grip on us now. And we get to celebrate that through this meal of the Passover. All right, so we're going to get started with Passover. And one of the first things that would happen, even before the meal would start, was that the home would be cleaned. And they take this cleaning really seriously. They, um, some Jewish homes will actually have somebody come in and certify that the home is without leaven. Do you guys know what leaven is? Yes. What, what do you think it is? Bread to make it rise. To make it rise, right. Okay, and so the matzah, matzah doesn't have that in it, and they would make sure that the home had nothing. So to signify that, we've gotten some Q-tips, and we're going to clean our house to make sure the leaven is out, and that way, um, that way when we get started, we're going to know that's going to happen. Now, here's the thing. Um, this is about cleaning the house, but it's all symbolism, so what do you think this is really cleaning um, about? Your temple? Which is Your what? Heart. Yeah, Your right. So as you prepare for Passover, there's this moment where you're making sure that you got stuff cleaned up between you and God. Okay? But it starts with some cleaning. So we're going to go ahead and get some done. Um, that's why we can have you guys here and clean our house. <laughs> You're going to have a long time. All right. I'm going to start this way here. All right. Yeah, I'm going to clean my... Oh, Ruby's to clean my room. Okay, Luis, let's get down here. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't show them all the dirt on the floor. No, come screen. on, honey. It's oh, funny. Let's do it on this water right here. <laughs> oh, I just cleaned the mop yesterday. <laughs> hey, is there a towel for the water? Or is it just going to burn the pieces? All right. Is that good? I'm cleaning my soul. Oh, man. I mopped last 
nice. You have a pretty clean house here, Tracy. Thank you. Absolutely. It's cluttered, but it's, <laughs> but it's clean. It's clean clutter. Clean clutter. Okay, um, so hopefully, uh, look, this is a great time. If you're doing this with your family, if you want to have the kids clean the house, perfect moment, right? Put this on pause, have them do some serious cleaning, and then when you come back, um, I want you to do this part. We're going to go for 30 seconds and give some time to clear things up between you and God. We're going to give you that opportunity, just in silence. Okay, great. After the house is officially cleaned, there's no leaven, there's no sin in the house. The, the Passover meal could start, and it starts with a woman. Yes. So one woman would rise at the table, and then she would find the matches on the table, and then she would look for two candles. So we have a candle here and a candle here, and she would light those candles. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a whirl. Don't set your house on fire. We're just going to check it out. We've got a good light there. Thank you. Ooh, Perfect. Awesome. Okay. So the matches will get put away. I'm just going to set that back there. Okay. All right. So once the candle is lit, then the woman would stay standing, and then all the women at the table would recite a prayer. So the three of us ladies and anyone, any female at your table would then um, say this prayer, and it should be up on the screen for you. So, ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us that we may kindle the holiday lights. So why does a woman start the meal this way? So the lady's coming in, she's going to start lighting things, and then she's going to talk about this prayer, this blessing over this, uh, the king of the universe. So let's go back and think about pictures and images. So we have Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, who was the light of the world. So Mary brought the light <coughs> of the world into this place that we call home. And she was willing to be used as a servant of God in order to allow Jesus to come through her. And we're also going to look back at what Simeon said when Jesus was introduced to him in the temple. In Luke 2.32, he said that Jesus was a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So Passover starts with a woman bringing the light. God points to both our freedom and the role of Mary's willingness to be a servant of the true light. And they both point back to Jesus. After the meal has been lit, the candles are lit now, uh, a guy would stand and he would take the first cup. So find a guy in your place who can do that, or if you're alone, you can just have me be that guy in your place. That's cool. And uh, they would bless this cup. And there was a certain blessing that they would say over it. I'm going to read it directly. It says, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Now these cups all have different names. This one is Kaddish. And it stands for, and again, I might have just butchered that. Um, I understand that, but I'm going to try to get close. And it stood for the idea that Israel was just um, saved from slavery. And so what would happen is the guy would then take and he would distribute this to everybody at the table. So everybody would get a little bit of this. Hopefully you can do that at home as well. 
And then all guys would recite um, the prayer that we're about to put on the screen. Okay, so you're going to say this together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has kept us in life, sustained us, and enabled us to reach this season. And when that would happen, then the table would take this cup and drink together in an attitude of thanksgiving. That Israel had been freed from slavery is the point of this. And again, if you're tying in pictures, if you're trying to think about how this relates to our lives right now, this is exactly what Jesus did for us. He became the one who gave us our freedom, gave us that. And so um, this idea that we were sustained, enabled, blessed is something that they would focus on. And actually they would stop um, the meal at this point and they would have a conversation. They would go around the table, kind of like at Thanksgiving that we do this and say, what's one thing you're thankful for? So I'm curious, what's one thing that you think God has enabled you, blessed you with, sustained you with over the last year? Um, what comes to mind for you? For me, it's having a job, like being able to go somewhere to work to help bring home financial resources and also provide insurance and those kind of things for our family. And to get to know people, like to be around people. <laughs> That's what I need, people, people. I think health, health is really easily taken for granted. So I think mm-hmm. being a healthy human, having good health, having a family has good health, or being mm-hmm. fortunate to have that. Yeah. Very good. grateful. For me, it was new friendships that mm-hmm. I've made this year. Oh, great. That's cool. Fine. Anything come to mind? Um, I am grateful. I had something and then... Poof, it was gone. Yes. <laughs> that can happen sometimes. Oh I, I think you'll be, I think I you'll be all right. Um, I'm excited. We're, uh, we're going to be grandparents again. And so I'm thrilled no. about the thought of that. And it's excited to um, be involved with a young one that way. And so... Mm-hmm. I count that as a huge blessing in our lives. Here's the thing. Uh, Why don't you do the same thing in your home? Put the video on pause. Just stop this right now and go around and just let everybody um, kind of share what God has done to help sustain them, guide them, bless them with this year, and make this a moment for you. And when you're done, then you can turn the video back on and we'll pick this up again. back. Thanks for taking that time to find out what's going on in your heart with God. It's a really important place to start, so we're glad you honored that. So next, we're going to reach for the wet wipes, and we are hoping, if you don't have wet wipes, that you have napkins, but please don't use your toilet paper because that is pure gold around here. So (laughs) don't do it. All right, so we're going to pass one out to everybody. So Zion, go ahead and take one. All right. So we're going to cheat here because normally your hands would be washed in a basin of water that would flow over top of it, but we're just highlighting the fact that we're washing our hands. Can I please have one? Oh, thank you. So once your hands have been cleaned, then we're going to take a piece of parsley or whatever green item you have in your house, like celery or lettuce, and we're going to dip it twice into the bowl of salt water that you have. And our salt water is the Himalayan salt water, so it's kind of pink. 
so I don't know what kind of salt you have, but feel free to use whatever you have. And the green is called the carpus um, by the Jewish people. So we're just going to each take a piece of parsley. And the green actually stands for life. And the salt water that we're dipping it in stands for tears. So a slave's life, if you think about it, was very hard. It was full of a lot of pain and dirt and hardship. And so when you're trapped by slavery, life is drowned in tears and dirt. But washing our hands, actually, is a sign of freedom because they weren't able to do that all the time. But washing, taking the time to wash and clean your hands was a sign of freedom at that time. And then the dipping is to remember that there's new life. So we remember that we are cleansed and we are free because of Jesus washing our hearts. And we have new life in Jesus, but it also came at a cost of his tears because of death. So we dip twice and then we eat the new parsley, eat the new life. Now the next part of this happens generally with the youngest person at the table. Um, it's sometimes played as a game with families who do this. But there's a really serious element to it. So, uh, Zion, I'm going to have you find the, the middle part of the matzah. This isn't matzah. We've got instead tortilla shell. But I want you to kind of rip that in half. And then I want you to take that half and hide it off to the side. Now, um, the half that she just hit off to the side is called the afikoman. And it's going to come into play later on. You're going to see this be part of the ceremony. But initially, it just gets hit around the house. And it's something that they do um, that's playful. Now there's a really deep meaning in the second one being broken like that, and we're going to get to it. A lot of people have just looked at that as tradition, but I think it speaks directly of the story of Jesus being in this. So um, we'll pick that up a little bit later. So now the time has come to tell the story of the Passover. So there are four key questions that are asked, and then they're answered as we tell the story of the Passover. So someone would recite this following script, but because it's not a traditional Passover, we'd like everyone at home to actually read this, what's on the screen. So we're all going to read this together. All right, one, go. There arose in Egypt a Pharaoh who knew not of the good deeds that Joseph had done for that country. Thus he enslaved the Jews and made their lives harsh through servitude and humiliation. This is the basis for the Passover holiday, which we commemorate with these different rituals today. Now the youngest person would ask a set of specific questions at the table of the Passover meal. So the youngest will repeat what's on the screen with Zion. So, but first I'm going to ask the question, why is this night different than any other night? On all other nights we eat either bread or matzah. On this night, why only matzah? On all other nights, we eat herbs or vegetables of any kind. On this night, why bitter herbs? On all other nights, we do not dip even once. On this night, why do we dip twice? On all other nights, we eat our meals in any manner. On this night, why do we sit around the table together in a reclining position? Now, we know we're not in a reclining position, right? Um, but the reason that comes up is that the first... Passover meal had specific instructions and one of the instructions they had was that they had to eat in haste They were actually told to tuck their garment in their belt and to be ready to go And so the idea that you would be in leisure that you would lay down was something a slave didn't do in the first place But it also said hey when you're free 
You live life differently. And so freedom was about them experiencing and living life in a different way. And I just want to suggest that this is a, another picture where I think Jesus comes into place. Where being connected to Him brings you into freedom that causes you to experience and live life in a different way. So all of these pictures are embedded within the story that we're doing right now. So we're going to start saying something reciting together. Um, and you'll see it on your screen. Are you ready? Okay. Alright. We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. And God brought us out with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. And if God had not brought our ancestors out of Egypt, we and our children and our children's children would still be subjugated to Pharaoh in Egypt. Even if we are old and wise and learned in Torah, we would still be commanded to tell the story of the Exodus from Egypt. And the more we talk about the Exodus from Egypt, the more praiseworthy we are. So here we're just going to take a pause. Um, we would like this section to actually be more personal. And the words we recited will actually be rephrased in a different way, just for you. And I would like you to all close your eyes and just be silent. I was a slave held by sin. God rescued me with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. If God had not brought me out of sin, me, my children, and my children's children would have no hope. We would all be owned by sin. And even if I followed Jesus for years, and I'm wise, and I've studied the Bible for years and years, I would still find it necessary to remember my freedom from sin. And the more I talk about the freedom I have, the more filled with praise I would be. Open your eyes. The story of the Passover tells us about our freedom and God's great, great grace. This week they would then go on continuing to talk about the story of the Passover after this recitation. And it would go on for some time. They would talk about the details. They would talk about crossing the Red Sea. They would talk about how God led them in a pillar of fire and a cloud. They would talk about how they left Egypt with wealth because God had given them Egyptians' riches out on the way when they were going out. They would bask in their freedom. They would interact and play off of each other, both the kids and the adults. We can't do all of those today, but we found a really, really cool part of the story that would be told, and we want to actually share it with you. Yeah, um, so part of the story is told by everybody. That's why we had that one recitation that everybody did. But then there would be other people who would try to answer the questions that Zion asked earlier as part of telling the story. So one of those questions in that was, why do we dip twice? And that question... You, know, you might have thought, well, I dipped my parsley twice. Is that what that's about? No, nope, that's not what that's about. There's actually another part on this plate that we're going to dip in the salt as well. And here's what's weird. A lot of different um, iterations of this take place. So some people dip different things. We're going to dip the egg and the parsley. And we'll get to the egg eventually. Some people uh, dip this cherry soap. Uh, they put that on the matzah and dip that in the salt. But we're not, we're not going to do that. Um, and the question is, why do you dip twice? And uh, the dip twice would be a story that gets told uh, by somebody at the table who would look at, their, look at the kids and remind them that the story of slavery started with the first dip. Mm -hmm. And they said the first dip happened when um, Joseph's brothers 
told a lie and convinced his father that he had been killed. And they took his coat and they dipped it in blood. And they said when that started, it sent Joseph into slavery. And eventually what would happen is the whole family would end up in slavery. They would go down to be with him. He would protect them for a while. And then they all became slaves. And they became slaves because it started with a lie and it started with some blood. And the second dip was the dip where they took some hyssop and they dipped it in this lamb that they were supposed to go out and find and kill and put that blood on the doorpost of their house. And that was the second dip. And through that blood came freedom. And they would just say, listen, we want you to understand that we caused this problem. Like as a family, we did this. And God was the one who had to bring us out of it. And so they talk about these two dippings of blood that mark the story. And I, I love it. I think it's beautiful because do you see the parallels? The parallels of us um, causing this kind of problem and now Jesus being the one who has to come and rescue us, mm-hmm. both um, about blood, mm-hmm. right? Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So they use both serious tongues and playful tongues in order to engage the kids that are around them and get them interested in it. Um, the truth that they were sharing was that God did so many things for Israel in the Exodus story, and all of it was worth remembering and retelling. So God showed Israel love in freeing them, and then now he shows us love too. He came, and he died, and he rose again, and he adopted us, which is amazing. It's just crazy. I think it's wonderful. So in sharing that whole Passover story, sometimes it included a time of singing some praise. So we would like to offer all of you and the rest of us here a time of just singing some praise. So we'll have Luis share the song, The Lion and the Lamb. Lord Almighty, our God is the 
Passover actually starts to begin to wind down. They would talk about different things that were on the plate and identify them. So we have the shank bone that represents the bone of the lamb. However, it's not an actual shank bone, but we're just going to pretend. And so this actually represents the sacrifice of the animal that gave its blood so that the children of Israel could be spared. And for us, it's incredibly worth remembering who gave his body and blood for us that protects us from death. They would also point out the matzah bread, in this case our tortillas, um, and remind everybody that the people had to hurry to leave, and there was no time for these to actually rise when they were leaving. So for us, it's about not dragging our feet in order to go back to the Savior and make sure that we have a connection with him. And then the mara, the bitter herb that's over here, that was mentioned in the very first Passover, was there to help recall the bitter pain and suffering that was endured as a slave. And if you look at our world today, there's a lot of hardship and pain, especially, especially as we're walking through these last few weeks. It's full of pain and suffering. So that's something that we can remember together. They would actually spend a lot of time telling the story of um, Exodus. And so if that's something that your family wants to do, you want to pause the video right now, have a conversation about that further with your kids and do that, talk about the different elements on the plate, all of that would be great. At, um, at some point, they would get to a place where somebody leading this would uh, make a statement, and they would say this. Tradition teaches us that we are to look upon ourselves as having personally fled Egypt. Now, they're trying to make this personal. It wasn't just some people ancient time ago. It's about you. This was about you. And for us, that's pretty easy to do because we were rescued by God. And so... For us to understand that this freedom is about us is pretty cool. And then they would say, it's our duty to thank the one who performed this miracle. And they would express different thankfulness for the elements that were on the plate. They would have these conversations. This meal would sometimes take three or four hours as a family. So they're talking a lot about the history, a lot about what these things meant to people and, what, um, and how important they were. Uh, now... Before all of that thankfulness would take place, they would do another cup. This is the place where a second cup would be taken. And um, in this cup, before it could be taken, was also a prayer was said. But this time, everybody said the prayer. So we're going to do that together. We'll put this up on the screen. You can do this along with us. We'll repeat this prayer together. Here we go. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. And this second cup was to recall all the things that God did to bring about their freedom. So the plagues, uh, the cloud and the fire, getting them across the Red Sea, uh, you name it. That, that would be recalled and they would have conversations about that as well. And so all the things that God had done and then they would take and they would have this cup together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his laws and commanded us to eat matzah. All right, now you get to pass the little piece out to everyone, or a big piece out to everyone. But we're not going to eat it yet. 
What comes next actually reminds us of sin and of slavery. Thank you. Perfect. You're doing, you're doing great. You don't want to eat all that? All right, then we're going to talk about the blessing that's going over the bitter herb that we'll eat, and we're going to say that together. Blessed, Blessed are, are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his laws and commanded us to eat bitter herbs. Now, this is going to take a little bit of courage. I'd like you to take some of the bitter herb and put it on oh. your matzah bread, okay? I highlight the word some. I'm glad you've already sung, Louise. I still have one more to go. Okay. <laughs> so, yep, we'll all put a little bit on our matzah. Mm-hmm, yep, yep. Aww. I don't think you got any. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I swear I did. There's plenty on there. I see. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yep, there sure Yes, there is. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to, it's just sliding. How does okay, it, here. Yes, yep, put you right it. on there. That's perfect. We need your knife. Okay, yep. Spread it all around there. there. No, not everywhere. Awesome, thank you. I think you need more glare. <laughs> Okay, now everyone, we're going to pass it to our right. Oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> Poor Louise! Why did we pass it to the right? We passed it to the right because I did not want that much <laughs> There's a reason they did. Right? We actually, because you don't get to choose your own bitterness. It comes to you in life. So now, that's a good memory. We're going to eat this together as a group. Anymore, you're gonna do something crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, I think if you just asked Louise, that's bitter. If you had an onion, you'd probably not have it as strong of a reaction. But this stuff is bitter. It's meant to clear out the pipes. And they would say, "Listen, that's slavery. That's sin." Um, but don't worry, there's relief on the way. And uh, they would get out the bottom piece of the matzah. So there's three matzahs in here. Um, Sarah, do you want to grab that bottom piece of matzah? And you're going to tear that apart and share that with everybody too. And um, you're going to hand that out. And this time, you're going to cake and put some of those apples on the piece of matzah. This is the cheriso. And that stood for... Uh, the concrete, the mortar that they were actually making and slavery. And you might say, well, why, um, why is this something that they would celebrate? Well, uh, the idea is that bitterness um, of slavery could turn to something sweet when God got involved. And so you've taken the bitterness that you didn't get to choose, and now you get to put on this little thing that's a little sweeter, and you're going to get to eat that and remember that even though you were in slavery, what God was bringing you out of, because of Him, it could turn sweet. So why don't we go ahead and do that, and that way you can yes, you can fix your palate, right? 
Yeah. It went away. Like. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. Did yours not go away? <laughs> I, can I can still taste minutes, it. Yeah. I can still taste yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and grab that knife. I can definitely still smell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. All right, after everyone eats their apple, then we'll have somebody, whoever would like to, start peeling the egg. Yeah, as soon as you get that on your matzo, mm-hmm. you can take that. It'll soothe your um, tongue a little bit, make you feel a little bit better. And then Tracy will pick up the part um, with the egg. So if somebody wants to start peeling the egg at your house, that would be great. I'm not the greatest egg peeler at all. <laughs> Now, it's at this point of this meal, there would actually be a big meal. There would be um, probably a roast of some sort, a lamb, um, all kinds of trimmings and fixings. It would be, it would be a pretty big celebration. Um, we have pizza. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Now, I know this might be morning where you're at right now. But pizza works as a celebratory meal at any time of the day. So we're going to have some pizza here for a little bit, and then we're going to come back because we're hungry right now, okay? (laughs) Um, So if you want to find something to chew on, that's great. If not, then you can come back here in just a second and keep watching. All right, here we go. So after the Israelites were done eating pizza or whatever meal that they had prepared, or the Jewish people have lamb, all kinds of things that they would eat, a a real good meal where people are laughing, having fun as a family, it's just an enjoyable time, they would get to a place where as the meal was winding down, they would ask the youngest to go and retrieve, remember that middle piece of matzah that got torn off and hidden? They would say, we want you to bring that back, and they would actually offer a gift or a prize for that to happen. 
So Zion, I want you to bring that last piece of matzah back that we had hidden. And that piece would now be divided up and it would be handed out to everybody, but they would not eat it yet. This is considered dessert. Um, so this is a part that would be handed out by everybody to be consumed at this point. Um, I hope you guys are starting to get the imagery of all of this. How many pieces of matzah were there? Three. Three, right? Um, the middle matzah was broken. Mm -hmm. Starting to see the picture there? Mm -hmm. It went away for a little while and then it came back and it's considered um, dessert. And they would not take this um, alone. They would take this with the third cup. So I don't know if you're kind of putting this together or not, but it's starting to feel a little bit like communion, right? Yep. And which represents the, we had three matzah, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Son in the middle has been torn, broken, and now has been passed out to everybody, and the third cup would be taken. So uh, we're going to do uh, the third cup, and we're going to pass this one out right now. All right, there you go. Whoa. <laughs> <clears throat> now a prayer is recited at the end of the meal. And at the end of the prayer, the third cup is taken. So we have the final cup um, to everyone, but we're going to wait to drink it. And we'll take the third cup with this final piece of matzah. Now the prayer at the end of this meal is long, so I'm going to recite it. And at the end, there is one line for all of us to say together, so you can get that ready. It starts with together, and that will be up on the screen for everybody. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pray this. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sustains the entire world with goodness, with grace, loving kindness, and compassion. He gives bread to all, for his grace is everlasting. And in his great goodness, we have never lacked anything. And we will never be deprived of food for the sake of his great name. For he is a God who provides for all and does good for all and prepares food for all his creatures that he created. Blessed are you, Lord, who provides for all. God and God of our ancestors, may you remember us on this day of Passover to bless us with kindness and mercy for a life of peace and happiness. We pray that he who establishes peace in the heavens grants peace for us all, for all of Israel, all of mankind. So let us say together, amen, amen. And all together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine, so for us, this represents the peace brought to us through Jesus. We're going to drink this third cup and take the final piece of matzah. For many Jews, this third cup is still about hoping for a Messiah. But for us, the Messiah has come. Yeah, this third cup actually represents praise. And so as you take it, um, note that the family would often start singing and sing for a long time because of the praise that they were had in their hearts. So uh, this representing Jesus to us is something that um, we can have praise in our hearts as we do as well. So after taking the third cup, um, we're going to just focus our time on that last cup, the fourth cup. It's called Elijah's cup. 
And uh, I don't know, we didn't mention this for you people who were setting up at home, but we have an empty chair, an empty plate, a cup that hasn't been used. And Jewish families leave this aside um, as, a, as a place marker for Elijah. Now, the reason that's important to them is Elijah has to come before their Messiah can come. And so they're still waiting for their Messiah. And the imagery of that is a part of this meal for them. But for us, our um, Elijah figure was in John the Baptist. And John the Baptist actually said this. This is in John chapter 122. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was a figure who understood that Jesus was Messiah. And because of that, um, we have a chance to have a different kind of life. We're not waiting for rescue. We're not hoping that someday it can happen. It's become a part of our reality right now. It's something that we can be thankful of. And so uh, we are going to take this final cup. And instead of waiting, we're going to um, have it as a reflection of praise that we have received Messiah, that we've been rescued, that the leaven that's found in our lives, he was able to take out. That all of this imagery of slavery and freedom is um, a part of our story, and because of Jesus, it's a different outcome. And so we're going to ask you at home to go ahead and pass out this fourth cup. And then we're going to take this one together too. Grateful that Jesus, our Messiah, has come. All right, let's take our final cup together. Well, thank you. I hope um, you've enjoyed this. I, I hope you took your time with it and allowed um, your family to enjoy this. If you were alone, I hope you felt like you were part of our family this morning and you joined right in and were part of this. Uh, we love you guys. Easter's right around the corner. We have a lot to celebrate, and I'm hoping that this gets you in the mindset for Easter. There is so much distraction right now, so many other things that you could have your mind on, but I want you to remember you're free. You have, your Messiah came. Your life is different because of this. And it's worth focusing on and being excited about. So I'm glad you've been with us. We're going to close this morning um, with another song. I hope you'll stay and worship along with us. Yeah.
King who conquered the grave, worthy is the Lamb. 